Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. I am super excited about our topics this week. They are out there. I love it. Um, what you're going to dig into Kate Middleton's feud with a Marchioness. This episode's also going to be a journey of me trying to pronounce Marchioness a number of times. We'll figure out a way to get around that, hopefully. <laughs> um, I also spoke to the actress who plays Meghan Markle in Lifetime's upcoming Harry and Meghan sequel. She had some fun details about what we're going to see in that new movie, um, a lot of behind closed doors moments. I'm so excited to hear how much they dig into the Thomas Markle drama. Oh, they dig in. And we're also going to close out the episode with a figure we haven't really discussed much on the podcast, Keanu Reeves. But he was involved in a really like a delightful adventure, unexpected over the weekend. So we're going to go through that. Okay, but Josh, should we start off with Kate Middleton and the Marchioness? Marchioness? I'm, I'm particularly excited about this story because I feel like it's a good new character in the royal fabric. I feel like we've, we, we know the characters so well that play weekly, but now we have like kind of a new supporting actress who's um, entering the fray. So this feud got a lot of attention over the weekend in the British tabloids. And basically, it like centers around this woman named her. Her real name is Rose Hanbury, so we're gonna call her Rose. But her title is the Marchioness of Chumley. I was told the pronunciation is Chumley, but the spelling of that is like wild and is like gonna, you know, is giving me a panic attack just looking at it. <laughs> it, it looks like there are like eight different syllables. Yeah, Cholmondeley is how it looks. But I've been told it's Chumley. British listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. I probably am. So uh, basically, this, I, I'm just obsessed with her title to begin with, the Marchioness of Chumley. Like, imagine running into her at like Trader Joe's or something. <laughs> then. Uh, but her real name is Rose. She's a longtime friend of Kate Middleton's, though, as we will find out later, this is questionable intel about how close friends they actually are. The Sun and other outlets all kind of ran these stories over the weekend that the two of them were in this feud. But before we get into the feud, let's like talk about her a little bit more so we understand who we're dealing with here. This is one of the best uh, descriptions I've ever read to introduce someone in a write-up. Uh, She's described by the son as a woman with, quote, an eye for social climbing who lives in a palatial home. Like, can I, Ju- I aspire <laughs> to be described as that. Julie, exactly. can you imagine a better, like, more glam way to be described than by those two attributes? You have an eye for social climbing and you live in a palatial home. Like, what more could one want in a friend, an ally, a nemesis, anything? Um <laughs> Her grandmother was a bridesmaid in the queen's wedding. So she has very close sort of like aristocratic high society ties. So she's not just like out of nowhere sort of, you know, from the riffraff. You know, her grandmother was like in it with the queen. She's also a former model, an important requirement, I feel like, for one of these like society queen types. She's the queen bee of the Norfolk social set. And I love that the nickname for this social set is the Turnip Toffs. I have 
absolutely no idea what that refers to. I'm sure some of you guys will let us know. I love that that's like the, it's, it's like instead of the mean, uh, the plastics or whatever they're called in Mean Girls, that in this crew, it's the turnip tops. If I am ever in some sort of Mission Impossible situation where I have to infiltrate one of these high society events, I want an earpiece and Josh out in the van describing each person I'm seeing with this amount of detail. It's perfect. I mean, I just Googled turnip tops and there's so much there's so much press in the past 24 hours because of this feud trying to explain like what the deal is with them. There's like a who's who in the uh, turnip top set. The turnip tops are like all in arms about this news. Anyway, so I love that this is all about this crew that goes by such a kind of like ridiculous name. So Rose, if we're, so we're, we're following Rose. She's high society, former model, whatever, in the mix with these turnip tops. She married David Rock Savage. I'm just going to say Rock Savage. I don't know if that's what actually how it's pronounced. Like, the names in this story. Uh, this so, is the most <laughs> masculine surname I've ever come across. Julie, I want you to... Ma- uh, I mean, Julie's already married, but if, in a different life, <laughs> I want you to be Julie be, Rock yes. Savage. Yeah. Um, so he's the Marquess of Chumley. Note, he's 23 years older than Rose. So we have a little bit of a, what is it, May-December thing going on here. Love it. Um, go Rose. With David and Rose. Rose. Uh, rather, go David. <laughs> go both, I suppose. So William and David are bros. David and Rose went to William and Kate's wedding. So we're trying to get a sense of how close the couples are. They went to the royal wedding. They live about three and a half miles from William and Kate's country home. And apparently their kids have become tight, uh, which has been a major factor in the friendship. So Rose and David have twin boys who are nine and a three-year-old daughter, Lady Iris. I definitely want someday like a check-in on Lady Iris. Like I'm sure she's going to have like a reality show or like an amazing Instagram account. Um David and William apparently go hunting together and Rose and Kate are involved in the same charity. So all this would make you feel like they're like pretty close or like they have a good dynamic going. These two couples, they have, you know, they both have young kids. They have the charity in common. They're like both from the same kind of crew, but the sun daily mail telegraph, all these places said over the weekend, there's this feud between them. Now things have become tense between Kate and Rose and Kate wanted her to be Julie phased out. This is the quote. Kate has been clear that she doesn't want to see them anymore and wants William to phase them out despite their social status. And then this is such a dramatic quote. Quote, no one understands quite how things have come to this. So, I mean, already there's just like, it's kind of, I, I was reading this trying to figure out like what was the crux of the feud here? Why would Kate all of a sudden decide that she wants them phased out? How did the story get so much traction? And while I was trying to kind of put this all together, the Daily Mail's, uh, I make this sound like I'm doing Spotlight or something, by the way, (laughs) as if I have like diagrams on the wall. It's actually not too far (laughs) off, though. Okay, so the Daily Mail was on, the Daily Mail was like reporting all of this, obviously, but then Richard Kay, their Sunday columnist, he uh, put up something on Sunday that tried to kind of like pour cold water over the whole thing saying it's all false, that there has not been a falling out and that they're even considering legal action over all these reports with Julie, all the time we've been doing this podcast, like I feel like legal action doesn't get floated that often when it comes to like these feud rumors or anything. 
Um, right. So Richard K. wrote, I can also reveal both sides have considered legal action, but because none of the, I love this so much, but because none of the reports have been able to offer any evidence about what the so-called dispute is about, they have chosen to ignore it. So I kind of love that, like, this is acknowledging that, like, no one even ever explained what this, like, feud that got so much traction was even about. Um, Like, something mysterious is going on here, I feel like, because for feud rumors to get so much traction with no foundation of what actually was causing the friction, and then now they're, like, they were threatening legal action, but then realized there was no foundation to any of this. It's, like, a lot of mystery, right? Right. Just it brings up so much intrigue in the fact that they would consider legal action just prolongs the story and headlines in a weird way. Oh, yeah. I saw a lot. I saw a lot of like Kate Middleton threatening legal action over feud rumors. Right. I'm just so curious what the root of the story actually is. And I can't imagine Kate does not seem like the litigious type <laughs> right the litigious type or even someone who would cut someone off so uh, immediately that seems like a kind of a scorpio quality a fiery quality yes. that let's see kate is having such a good call and i feel like again as ever like there's definitely a lot more to this story i feel like the turnip toffs like group texts right now are like ablaze they're definitely <laughs> there's definitely a lot going on here like we need more about rose like i need an expose of like everything that goes on in rose's life because then there's like another added element here because k keeps going this is the longest i actually encourage everyone to read this about where he writes about how it's actually false because like he has so much information about all this it's like bizarre so he says the couples aren't even that close. This is after he explains that they were like thinking about legal action, that they've only been to each other's homes three times, which is so weirdly specific to me. Like, how does he know that? Um, and like, who monitors that? I feel like the only person who would know that would be the four of them, like in the two couples. Um, they see each other occasionally and like each other. They are not part of each other's close circle. It isn't even remotely a bosom close friendship. And then he said that William and David were initially amused, but then they became baffled. Uh, he writes, these hurtful rumors of a fallout are simply false. William and David were in touch with each other over the weekend, not knowing whether to laugh or complain. Both wives are hurt by the suggestion that there is any argument or even a coolness between them. They have plans for future events involving their charity. Julie, what do you make of all of this? Like, do you feel like there there's any foundation to this? Like, I almost feel like this was like a great launching pad for Rose. Like, I don't even right. like I don't understand like really what went on here and like how it got so serious and so much kind of traction in the media. Right. Especially knowing that Rose is this social climbing aspirational figure. Maybe she kind of planted the story as some sort of PR coming out for her in America. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how this goes. But this seems to me another example of a story in which if Kate had an Instagram, like she could easily quash the rumors. Yes. So quickly. Right. Right. And I almost feel like it seems as if one of the four or maybe it was like a joint strategy called this Daily Mail columnist to get this out there that like it was just kind of like tempering the whole scenario so that didn't seem quite so like fiery 
and like just with all the like little details about they've only been to each other's house three times that kind of stuff but yeah i do feel like she came out of nowhere to become this like hot rod potential feud candidate for kate um and i feel like this is like a downton abbey sort of like plot line or something that i want to see played out Right. I am desperate for more information about Rose. So if anyone has that, please call in. If you your parent is a member of the Turnip Tops. The Turnip Tops. Tops. I if know. you're a member, please, please, we'll, we'll keep your identity anonymous. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I, I do feel like maybe Kate was just like, wait, what? Like, how did this all get so out of hand? I, I, I agree with you. Kate does not seem like the cut you out of my life forever type I just feel like she's really good at at least from what I've kind of perceived at kind of the politic line of like knowing how to I don't know do everything with the most decorum like I I just don't see her ever doing something this intense Right. I wish Kate could come out and do some sort of Jennifer Aniston style interview, essentially saying like the tabloids make up all these stories about me, but here's the truth. And she's like lounged out on some like really glamorous couch. Like drinking iced tea or something. And petting like a Labrador. (laughs) God, I would love that. I mean, I also think it's interesting like uh, that she, that we didn't like know anything about this person at all. And then it's like all of a sudden Kate's like, I feel like Kate just probably gets so annoyed at this point with all the stories that get kind of like floated with every different figure in her life and all the Megan stuff that circled around her and Megan as well. Um, right. But we need to do some more digging on Rose yeah. because it sounds to me like she has like a handbag line. She's <laughs> like ready to a hundred percent. It does feel like there's something like. Like, I, as I just Googled turnip toffs and explained and saw so much written about it, I just feel like this is such, like, this is such a good moment for Rose to announce something. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, let's check in with someone uh, who is not involved in these rumors whatsoever, Meghan Markle. Julia, I'm really excited to hear about your interview with the new person portraying our uh, spirit guide. Right. So as we know, last year, Lifetime aired a movie called Harry and Meghan, A Royal Romance, which tracked the couple's whirlwind courtship really made for a rom-com exactly like that. Uh, Because of that success, Lifetime fast-tracked a sequel, Harry and Meghan Becoming Royal, which will air on May 27th. I spoke to the screenwriter Scarlett Lacey, who also co-wrote the screenplay for the first film, and Tiffany Smith, who's been on Supernatural. She plays Meghan in the new film. So this movie is supposed to take place in Megan's first year as a duchess, and it's going to come out a year after the wedding. I can't believe there's already, I can't believe basically within one year of being married to Harry, there she'll have two Lifetime movies about her. That's like kind of incredible. Right. I asked Scarlett if she had heard anything about the palace, or heard anything from the palace after the first movie. Right. If she had any idea whether Harry and Megan watched. She just said very coyly, 
Let's just say that I would have heard if they'd been really upset or angry about the film, given their shared sense of humor, Megan's own experiences in Hollywood, and the success of the movie. I reckon they both watched it and had a really good giggle together while sharing an excellent bottle of San Giovese. Wow, she really she really has like a vivid envisioning of how they watched it. Right. Well, she is British and she kind of grew up in the same mm. social circles. So she okay. has a lot of mutual friends. Oh, wow. Has she, has she met has she met any royals? She's met Charles. I think she might have met William. Oh, wow. So she's, so she's kind year. of writing from a place of really knowing what goes on behind the scenes. Right. So they gave me a few clues about what is going to happen in this new movie. The royal wedding will figure... I, of course, got really into the details, asked if we would see anything inside the reception. They said no. But Lacey, who wrote the screenplay, said like... Wait, really? I feel like that would be such a fun opportunity to try to imagine what happened in the reception. I know. You've never seen such pointed questions from me. I asked (laughs) if we were going to get to see the reception and Megan's speech, her toast. And, and she said no. She said no. Oh, that's such a bummer. I know. The screenwriter said, like any movie in the wedding genre, the buildup and the aftermath matter as much as the wedding itself. The film deals with mm. the drama of planning a wedding, the moment you'd much rather elope, the moment your family might mess it all up, and they nearly do, the moment you actually walk down the aisle, the moment you first wake up as husband and wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> The realities of your new life hitting you hard, the first big fight, the first big makeup. Mm. She said the movie will definitely tackle the celebrity guest list at the wedding. Though that's interesting to me because how are they going to get actors to play the different, like George and Amal and everyone? That's what I was hinting towards and all Scarlett would tell me is they definitely play a part in the movie. Okay, interesting. Tiffany said she had the chance to film actually two weddings as Meghan Markle, the actual royal wedding and the wedding that Meghan taped for Suits. So it was a lot of like method acting for Tiffany. She had to act as Meghan and act as Meghan acting as her Suits character. The movie will get into Kate and Megan's relationship. Tiffany said that what she liked about this subplot is that it's very positive and that audiences will, will come away with the idea that women can support and uplift each other. Okay, that's nice. Right. Scarlett hinted that they're definitely going to get into the William and Harry of it and how that fracture resonated uh, with Megan and Kate. Another random bit that I was surprised to hear about. The movie is going to include a new puppy and a scene in which Queen Elizabeth and Meghan play charades. I love how she, like, they won't touch the reception, but then they make a scene where the Queen and Meghan play charades. Wait, I cannot wait. That makes, my excitement level was already high, obviously, but that just now sent it to a different level. Right, like, what are they acting out? What are they going to act out? And the queen playing charades with them. I love that. Right. So I'm wondering, I bet this might be around the first Christmas. Remember Mm. when they were playing games? Scarlett said, once we knew our theme was becoming royal, we chose events that best explored that notion. We also knew that adjusting to life in a new culture and new family would be a huge challenge. So while we saw the first movie as a romance, this one is more of a fish out of water story. There are tears, there are fights, there are makeup kisses, there's also a new puppy. I wonder though, will they, because one of the big mysteries 
that lingers <laughs> what a weird way of framing this is what the name of their new dog is that no one knows still so I, I wonder know. if the movie is going to try to work around that somehow or like take a guess or I don't know how they're going to handle it right um, they're definitely going to get into the Markle family drama of it all Tiffany said that those were some of the hardest scenes for her to film because she's really close with mm. her family and she got the sense that Megan was close with hers I just love mm. the idea that there was a casting call potentially for Thomas and Samantha Markle I need to know how they're going to like cast those two and how they're going to portray them in the movie Right. Tiffany was really funny. She said the most helpful piece of footage out there was the interview that Meghan and Harry gave shortly after their engagement because there were candid moments when they didn't know they were on camera playing around. She said she's played so many Meghan Markle movies that now all of her like targeted pop-up ads are kind of royal related, which I feel like you and I can sympathize (laughs) with a little bit. Yes, 100%. And so they were filming in Vancouver when Megan's Manhattan baby shower took place. So they don't get to the wedding shower, but Scarlett said there's a little Easter egg moment between Megan and Kate that references cultural differences between Brits and Americans when it comes to baby showers. Hmm. I feel like that was another missed opportunity a little bit. But I guess if they're focusing more on like the dynamic between the two of them and being in the UK. The showers like would have been more of a detour than they wanted maybe. Right, and they were already filming, so it right. would have been it was hard to late. kind of too shoehorn late. that in. But I'm excited. We have to coordinate another sort of viewing party with listeners. I also want, though, like a Sofia Coppola movie just about the baby shower. Oh. <laughs> or like just something like a, a deep dive, like a six-part HBO miniseries. I would love that. But yeah, last time we did have fun. And also, I mean, I feel like the um, the woman who played Megan in the first film did so much like live tweeting and like uh, engaging with the audience. Right. Um, I asked Scarlett if there was a chance we would see that dress fitting where Kate was yeah. allegedly reportedly driven to tears. And, and what did you say? She didn't confirm. Let me pull up the exact quote. If I remember correctly, in the first film, Kate was portrayed very um, oddly. Like, she almost seemed, like, against the marriage at the beginning, and then her character kind of comes around. But, like, they definitely took a lot of liberties with Kate, I feel like. My question to Scarlett was, does the Lifetime movie get into the rumor that Megan made Kate cry? She writes, dot, 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 this supposedly happened at a bridesmaid dress fitting for Princess Charlotte. Have you ever tried to fit a preschooler into a well-starched dress? Have you ever attended a bridesmaid dress fitting that didn't involve tears? Megan, Kate, and Charlotte are all feisty females, and all three of them were under a ton of pressure at that particular time in their lives. Wow, she should be doing, like, PR for the palace or something, it sounds like. (laughs) But also, that's very cryptic about if it's actually, like, going to be in the movie or not. I know, but given the amount of detail, maybe... It sort of sounds like she's thought through the dynamics of a purported scene, though, with that answer. True, true. I'm intrigued. Same here. So everybody mark your calendars for May 27th. All right. I'm really excited for this next topic. It's it's a new uh, character for us. Another. The, we have the Rose, the um, Marchioness, and then Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> this was a really fun story. 
It happened over the weekend. Keanu was on a plane flying from San Francisco to Burbank when it had to make an emergency stop in Bakersfield, California for mechanical issues. Rather than sit back and let the airlines problem solve the issue, Keanu took matters into his own hands, arranging a planes, trains, automobiles, or in this case, van scenario, where he and other stranded passengers hopped a bus back to Los Angeles. The drive was approximately two hours. Some faithful, devoted, charitable person who was in the situation captured the entire sequence on an Instagram story. I'm going to see if our producer, Brett, can kind of inlay. Okay, just setting the scene here. We're in some sort of facility where they've dropped all these passengers. Keanu is wearing a black and red baseball cap, a comfy black fleece, and addressing the crowd of stranded passengers who have circled around him. He is presenting them with the option to ditch the airline, hop a van, and deal with customer service bags later. Josh, don't you love that Keanu just like asserted the role of leader here? I'm already laughing just looking at this visual of he's first of all I don't know if it's just like the framing of this whoever filmed it but he looks like a good like seven inches taller than everyone else he looks like a true prophet amongst like the hoi polloi of whoever was on this flight and I do yes I love that he took this leadership role as like the movie star amongst them who was gonna just like lead them out of this mess um it also seems like very fitting in his, like, public persona. Like, I feel like I would trust him in this situation, especially given, obviously, his filmography. But (laughs) I just feel like if he told me somehow to, like, get under a, like, get into a tunnel to, like, avoid danger, I would just, like, follow him. You know what I mean? Right. Here, let's play a little bit of this clip. Yeah, let's play it. The people who can unload the bags won't be here for three hours. The vans will be here in an hour. So if you want to hit the road and then deal with your bags later, or deal with customer service and get it delivered, maybe. If you want to yeah. I like that he has um like the kind of like calm, reassuring vocal cadence of like a good customer service person or something. Like he's not in any way frantic. I feel like if I was on a yes. flight that had an emergency landing and then had to get on a bus, which like who wants to ever be on a situation where they have to get in a bus? Like that the fact that he's delivering this all in such calm, dulcet tones is like very reassuring. And how quickly do you think he assumed this role? Do you think people just naturally gravitated around him and he just thought, okay, better step up? Well, it's interesting. I was actually going to ask you similarly, do you think everyone knew it was, they, they, they all, did they all know it was Keanu Reeves? I feel like they did, but they were also at that level of travel-related annoyance that they weren't starstruck as much yes. as they wanted to get out of the situation. And here was a person who right. was going to like take in this them case, you're it. all in it together. You're not really thinking through like, oh, I'm going to be like on my best behavior because I'm with someone famous. It's like, no, I just want to get to where I'm going. Right, and if it's Keanu Reeves leading us out of here, that's who it is. Okay, so in this next clip, Keanu is now fielding questions from concerned passengers. From my experience prior to that, I've been in the past, however, each situation is different. So, coming out of the event, 
Okay, a great commentary. I'm not sure. We're watching this as like a compilation of Instagram stories, and whoever posted all of these um, is like putting text commentary on them. So what we just listened to was Keanu kind of like, I don't know, dealing with explaining, answering questions for like some of the passengers. But in the in the text caption, this person writes, another update, Keanu sorting it out. And then in parentheses, he's gorgeous, by the way. Like, I love that there's like a subplot of like the, the, the whoever's filming this, like falling for Keanu as it goes on. Oh, it's so good. By this point, Keanu has figured out that the best use of everyone's time would be that they get on a van and maybe a second or third van waits for the luggage <laughs> and follows back to Los Angeles. I love that he is just quick problem solving yeah, everything wow also like everyone seems so under his spell like understandably like i would be panicked I, I just feel like even the the stress of an emergency landing and then like you're dealing with this whole scenario on top of it right. i mean there had to have been like one person from the airline there at least or the the flight crew I also love the idea that, like, whoever the actual, like, employees for the, like, whoever was dealing with the airline were, like, we're just like, yeah, let Keanu deal with it. He's like, got this. But I love how invested he is in this. Uh, he he appears to want everyone to get home to Los Angeles as soon as is possible and is doing his best to keep up morale. Heroic. No, it's really heroic. Really heroic. Okay, now we're going to cut to the next clip is Keanu's in the back of a van, which is packed full with passengers. And not only has he gotten them into that van and figured out the logistics, he's now entertaining them all by reading Bakersfield trivia. Oh my Let's... God. His population is around 380,000. <laughs> making it the ninth most populous city in California and the 52nd most populous city in the nation. Okay. So he he's just reading population facts to this like group of stranded passengers about Bakersfield. This is the point where I feel like I would start to panic a little. <laughs> really? Why? He's taken off his hats. He's yeah, smushed into the back row of this van. Like he could have taken that co-pilot chair because I that's good, essentially good what his point. role is. Good point. He's, he has his bags piled on top of him. Wait, no, why would you be so panicked? Right. Just I feel like all of a sudden I'm in a car hearing like population facts. Like, yes, it's Keanu Reeves, but I think I would just be like, oh my God, like get me to where I'm going. Oh my God, what? This is such a takeaway, a revelation about you. I would be so enchanted. I would be taking... I love that for you, the, the Keanu Red population facts is like the real selling point. Like nothing else until now has been exciting until that. Well, would I rather be letting the airline deal with this issue mm, or be mm, in a mm. van with Keanu? No, you're, right. like, you're, you're completely right. I'm not taking into account enough the alternatives here. Using uh, his actorly charisma to right. read off trivia facts to kind of put me at ease. I would be on my phone tapping out like a book proposal on how I could segue this into some sort of like multi-picture deal. This would be a good something, like a book or movie, like being on a plane with a celebrity where it gets emergency landed and then somehow you end up being lifelong friends or r romantic partners with the celebrity. 
I feel like that's a great plot. I see it as a children's book franchise where each edition is Keanu has to problem solve a different crisis. Oh, I like that too. More, I, We went in very different directions. I went with like a weird romantic like Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> plot and you went like children's <laughs> reality television. Um, yeah, I also could see him doing like, a, I've never watched any of those TLC shows really, but like, I feel like this makes me feel like he'd be a good candidate for like a home like home makeover thing or like a fix your life or like something that would like inspire people to like do better. Right. I I can I can see like, that. Look how he's galvanized this group to just follow him in buses back to LA. Right. I really like your read that he was like some sort of prophet. But I yeah. do I like that he's taking his role as crisis manager in this situation as mm-hmm. seriously as he's brought to any movie role. Yes, 100%. He seems more so committed to this. Like this is a great <laughs> performance. Okay, let's let's play this video again. <laughs> Keanu queued up some Bakersfield-appropriate music. And, and I love beca- he's holding out his phone. Right, because this van clearly does not have Bluetooth capabilities. So he's extending his arm out so everyone in the van can have equal proximity, I guess, to the sound radiating, emanating from his iPhone. That is true, like, mensch behavior to just, like, right? if you're, because I feel like when you're in a situation at a party or something where you have to, or at a car where you have to hold out your phone to play music, that's, like, a commitment. You right. become the stereo system, and it's, like, all on you at that point. And I love that everybody else in this van is such a traveled zombie, like, so beyond ready to be where they're supposed to be that they're not even, like, looking in Keanu's direction at this point. No. Okay, let's let's now play. And this is Keanu. They've made a pit stop, and Keanu jumped into the convenience store to get some provisions. I got Gatorade, water, and banana. Oh my gosh! I want a recurring loop of Keanu's line delivery of "I got a Gatorade, a water, and a banana." I got Gatorade, water, and a banana. I mean, and really living living large there, like you can splurge for like Sour Patch Kids or like, <laughs> I don't know, something a little. I mean, at this point, like that's the stress you would be under of like, if you, maybe every, you know, everyone's like hours and hours later than they thought they were going to be arriving. And like, um, I love that he just stuck with like healthy Gatorade banana. Right, right. He's a real model to like live by. He really is. Um, the next segment in this Instagram story, again, just a heroic Instagram story, was the van is dropping off the passenger who had the most time-sensitive schedule. Like, he needed to be dropped off first. And to me, at this point in the story, I'm just thinking, this is so much like Keanu to take care of the person <laughs> with the most time-sensitive Los Angeles visit. Can you, uh, can you put it? There you go. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, good lord. Thank you. I enjoyed all hey, of you all. Thank you. This, this, uh, Wait, I love, I love that the guy wasn't even going to like say goodbye to Keanu, it seemed like. And then Keanu said, pleasure to meet you as they dropped him off. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess I'll say bye to him. I mean, Keanu Reeves guarantees door-to-door service. <laughs> That's incredible. 
I know. And I love, again, that these travelers are so bleary-eyed that this guy would have left without even saying an individual thank you to Keanu. I do want, but that actually also makes me wonder, do you think this crew who were on the flight, then on the bus, have they kept in touch, do you think? Do you think people got Keanu's information? No, I feel like when you're in one of these travel situations, like you share this moment together and then you just like get out of it. Like even trying to prolong this interaction just kind of kills whatever. Yeah, you let it live as it did and then you let it go. The final scene of this Instagram story is really, I guess, a hero's what? Victory lap? Oh my gosh. Keanu just traipsing into a Carl's Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Presumably back in Los Angeles. It's been a long day for all of us is the writing. And we just see him from afar. Beautiful cinematography. He kind of is like walking behind a parked car into the Carl's Jr. Scratch everything I just said about the Gatorade and water and banana (laughs) and like healthy sustenance. I feel like at this point he was like, F it. I need some like fast food. I don't even think I've ever been to a Carl's Jr. What does one get there? Hamburgers? I get a hamburger that you eat very sensually like (laughs) Kardashian does, I guess. Josh, I am honestly a little surprised that you weren't more into the Keanu-ness of this story. Who would be your dream celebrity to be trapped with in this sort of situation? Oh, well, I first of all didn't want to imply I was very into the Keanu-ness of it. I feel like I was just kind of shocked at how natural he was in all of this and and like the way that everyone was reacting to him. And definitely the like problem solving profit nature he has here is something I would aspire to and can never, ever, ever achieve myself. So I like I'm appreciative of that. Um, Who would be my dream person? Rihanna, maybe. Um, I could see Rihanna like. Be like just like not though um like we would all be on a jet instead you know like I feel like that would just be taken to another level um and like we'd all get like sh- champagne in the car we wouldn't be having Gatorade um I wonder who else Jennifer Lawrence and Adele are on my right. in my head because we were just talking about their wild New York weekend I feel like anyone who's like kind of a, a comedian funny type would be fun to be like in this situation with. Though, no matter who you're in a situation like this with, I feel like anything travel related is always going to be like annoying. Right. But like if you're with Rihanna or Jennifer Lawrence, it's fun. Who would you want? I think I would say Keanu. I think Keanu, this, I was able to live vicariously without having to suffer the inconvenience of Mm -hmm. a thwarted plane trip. You were able to reach that kind of like Nirvana plane watching it through. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Has anyone asked Keanu about this in any way? Has he commented on it? Do we know? I don't think so. I see this all went up like today. So I feel like this is a recent story. Right. I wonder if like people will ask him about it at any point. I I hope so. I could see the people involved talking about it at some point. Like I wonder if anyone ever asked him questions. If they ever, you know, like in any way acknowledged who he was. Right. I think maybe not. Right. We're asking him like filmography questions. I'm loving these Twitter replies. How does this man get better every year? Never seen a story about Keanu Reeves. That hasn't made me love him a little bit more. Julie's and and definitely agrees with all of these, I bet. Um, Stranded on a bus with Keanu Reeves. God, I wish that were me. I hate the Carl's Jr. 
co-opted the story as a promotional opportunity. No, what'd they say? Keanu's flight made an emergency landing, so he had to take a bus, not the speed bus. He unwound with some Carl's Jr. afterward. Come back anytime, Keanu. God, the brands always find a way. Also, this person, this is the true potential of the internet. From now on, a Gatorade and a banana is known as the Keanu. Uh, That's kind of good. I love that. And people, someone in the convenience store posed with him, took a photo. Wow. I agree with this, too. He really does seem, like, very low-key. It's very, it makes it, he's a very appealing dude. In the convenience store, he has a lemon-lime Gatorade, just for those of you who are wondering, and a smart water. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston would be proud. <laughs> wow. what a, I'm really happy we dug into this, because I would not have, this would not have been on my radar. Um, I, I want to know who other people's person would be they'd want to be stranded with in such a scenario. Let us I know. I know. Let us know, please. If you have another story about Keanu saving the day... I know. know I wonder if anyone else has ever had. Also, yeah, I'm curious if anyone's ever had a similar, like, stranded, not not like in a fantasy situation, but like actually have been saved by a celebrity moment. When I interviewed Jennifer Lawrence, we were eating popcorn. I started choking on the popcorn as I ought to do, and I didn't have any water. She offered me hers. My God, she saved your life. I that guess should it's be, a lower that key. should be your that should be your new like on your business card or something. I can't believe you should have gotten written <laughs> up in the Daily Mail. I wish there had been like the bartender had written something up. I mean, it was such a humiliating moment in my career. <laughs> how much were like like just like how bad was the like were, were you like really like if she hadn't handed you the water would you how what would have happened? It was one of those things where I tried to play it cool and, like, I wasn't choking, but that only made it worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly. And then you, like, can't, then it almost gets, like, you can't stop it. Right. Wow. But that's so endearing, and I feel like then J-Law was, like, probably immediately, like, oh, like. She was very sweet and, yeah. like, acknowledged how mortifying <laughs> the moment was. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Well, anyway, hmm. have you ever had anything like that? When I was very young, this is very different and has nothing to do with having my life saved. But my parents went to see The Tonight Show, I think, with Jay Leno or David Letterman, whichever one filmed in L.A., Jay Leno. Wow. And they went, the guest was Gwyneth Paltrow, and I wasn't old enough to be, like, in the audience. So I was in the green room waiting for them to be, like, out of the for the show to tape. And they brought Gwyneth back to kind of, like chill in the green room either before or after her appearance and I guess I was just like awkwardly sitting and she offered me some vegetables from the crudite Josh I didn't know this and this and is I, like the and I origin like, and, I, and that was like the first time I've ever had like celery or like cauliflower because she was like handing it to me and I was like oh like this beautiful movie star is like, like asking me if I want vegetables do you know how much Gwyneth would love that story I can't believe I didn't know this origin anecdote of your fascination with Gwyneth, with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, I feel like it shows how on brand she always was this was like Shakespeare in love era the fact that she was like on the health food kick or whatever like she wasn't offering me like sweets it was like good you know healthy food were you just immediately besotted with her every time you see a celery stick do you think of <laughs> Gwyneth oh yes I think that is true like it was like an implanting thing 
because I love Gwyneth now a lot. All right. On that note, now everyone knows a deep, dark Josh story. Uh, this does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. We love you all. And now you can leave us a voicemail. That number is 347-790-0966. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no no bad bad energy. energy.